that was that was I was you know I didn't I think I told you this before I didn't come up playing avant-garde I went through the regular right. oh yeah you know, right I went through the regular traditional things yeah right the solos and right Diz Diz was really my main influence and right. Brownie was secondary yeah so right. I listened to a lot of their solos yeah. you know and I, I you know I went the traditional way well, that's good it's a great foundation yeah. and a lot of it after after you get stigmatized after a while after I left Sunday and you get stigmatized and working at avant-garde I became prone to work with a lot of them yeah, yeah. So a lot of con conventional stuff, I, you know, change. Who else have you worked with? I'm not aware of that. Oh. Archie Chef and things like mm, that. Or? No, I missed I missed several gigs. Archie wanted me in his band. Is that right? Archie wanted me in the band. That was, yeah. I'm going back to the '60s now. Yeah, yeah. He wanted me in the band, but we never really yeah. hooked up. Mm. We always, I always somehow missed the rehearsals, or he missed the date to get to me. To do the rehearsal, yeah, yeah. you know, that's when he was just coming out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, right. Sure. So, so the guys that I eventually ended up working with after I left Sonny was uh, mainly Farrell Saunders. Oh, really? Dewey Redmond. Dewey, yeah, yeah Redmond. Sonny Red. Sonny, all right. Rashid Ali. Oh, all right. Yeah, Rashid. Rashid, I have quite a few things recordings with Rashid Ali that that didn't that didn't come out. Now with Sonny Murray and Farrell. Right, there, are things on, there are things on Colombian Impulse. Is that right? That they didn't if release. I, As a matter of fact, oh, they didn't release. Murray, which they didn't release on Columbia. On Columbia? Did, he, Columbia? did he record for Columbia one? Yeah. 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 Is that right? That. Yeah, was, and that. they never put it out. No, never yeah, I know John, that. It was a John Hammond's production. Oh, right. And even on top of that, John Hammond wanted to bring me in there to record. Wow. But it didn't oh. work out. So wow. You know, just missing a little bit. Everything missing. You know, missing, missing, missing. Yeah, Oh, that would have been a good on that, on that on that thing with Columbia, a lot of guys was on there. Dewey was on there. Um, oh gosh, I can't keep can't keep remembering names of the guys. Who was the other person? Don Pullen. All right, Don Dewey, Pullen. Dewey, Don Pullen, Junie Booth. All right, Junie Booth, right. And there's others, and I can't think of I can't think of who it is right now. There was a violinist on there. I can't think of his name. Samson. And no. Oh, I oh I know. This was a European. Right. He's white. European. Right. Right. Tall. Tall. He made that. Did he, he play with Albert 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 He might have. He had a he had an electric yeah. hookup. Right. And, I think, yeah. And he and really Samson gave he really his last name. Like right. He really gave it a good taste. Yeah. He really gave about, it a good yeah, we taste. Yeah, right. I have some things with yeah, yeah. did with Albert. Yeah, he really gave it a good taste, but I can't, I can't, I can't think of who was on bass. Oh, Junior was on bass, right? right. There's others. There, there are a few others in there that. Oh, an alto player. It's an alto player. I can't remember his name, but when when I was in Europe in '76 with Sonny, we met him over there. John Chikai? No, not John Chikai. No. Marion Brown? No. Light, light complexion. Oh, maybe that, maybe that high. Nice looking guy, but he went somehow. He went out. He oh. he lost his mind, and he was in. He was in a place. He was in the sanitarium, I think, in Paris. Oh, is that right? We met him in '76, and I hadn't seen him since. I had seen him before then, because I had lent him some money some time ago. 
between the time I saw him and, and we did that date at Columbia. Mm. And that's yeah. just, of course, that's just in the vaults, Columbia vaults somewhere. A tape. Ooh. Oh, I guess. Japanese got it. Oh, did they? Did they? Did they, they bought the Sony. company. They that's bought. Right. They oh, that's bought, right. Yeah. Sony. They that's right. Columbia. That's right. You know, so they got. Well, maybe they'll look at it and think that's worth. They would think it's home. Yeah, I would think so. The stuff oh. sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. Now the other thing was with the other thing on a major date was with Farrell. I. I don't know. I was supposed to be on his second record date. And I, I don't think so much the first one, but the second record date. And I missed that because I then became involved with How You Act Youth Band. Oh, really? And I was really too old for the band, but I look young, uh-huh. as you can see. I look yeah. young. Oh, I know that. So, you, that's what I'm saying. What do you mean too old? How could you? How could, yeah, well, they were, they, they were taking the guys in about 18 or 19. So I was 20, I was 26 when yeah. I went in there. Yeah. Really? They wanted young? Yeah, they were only dealing with young guys. Yeah. They were oh, dealing with young guys. Yeah, so all I did, I was 25, 26, so all I did was just, because Reed Taylor had, you know, he liked me. I got into the band because I could solo better than anybody else in there, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I but I went in there for section work reading because yeah. I didn't have no real no section work, you know. Playing, yeah, right, you know, right. For any length of time. Yeah. So that's why I went in there. And it was a stipend. Yeah. So I got this, you know, stipend, right. and I missed the rehearsals with 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 with, with Farrell, and he was very upset about it. He was he was actually mad. Oh, is that yeah? yeah he was actually mad. So you I missed, were supposed to be there. And, I was supposed and, yeah. to be there for his rehearsals and make the date with him, and I really wanted to make the date with him because he was getting popular. Then. You're not kidding, oh, sure. You know, well, he really hit a high so, peak. Yeah. Know, a so I uh, so that blew for me. That went down the tubes for me. And then later on, about the 70s, early 70s, he called me in to do a date. And the Grub Brothers was on there. That All right, was, Earl Grubb. Uh, Earl Carl. Inoki, yeah. who Carl was on there. And Cecil McBee was on this date. And the other, who's the other alto player? Byron Lancaster? No, from, Byron was on there. I worked in a band with Byron Lancaster in a band. That was Teddy's band. Ted Daniels band, Energy. Oh yeah. I went to that band after I left Sunny in '76. After I came out with Sunny, I worked in that band for just Monday nights. We're doing Monday nights because I was I. One of my main problems was that I was burnt out. So that's traveling I, and, and no, just... no 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 no. I was burnt out when I went with him. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I can get to that. That's another story. Oh okay, yeah, that's another. Yeah. But, yeah. But, Your family man too? No 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 no. no. What happened was when on on Farrell's date with Impulse. Second album. No, it wasn't second album. It was, this must have been maybe one of the many past the second albums. With oh Impulse. yeah, right, right. And, and yeah, it was all past that. Yeah. And McBee was McBee, and his regular piano player, and the alto player from from my area, from Staten Island, was on. I can't think of his name right now. But Lonnie Liston Smith, maybe. Lonnie on piano? Liston Smith was on piano. Yeah. And address so his regular his regular drummer. But the alto player, I can't think of his name, I know him. Right. But however, we, the three of us, ended up doing just a track together. Woody was the other trumpet player. So it was Farrell, Woody, and myself. We were all playing together. Woody Shaw. Woody Shaw, yeah. Farrell told me, he said it wasn't completed or something. I have, you know, I have no idea. That's a shame. So the only things I recorded came out with Sonny. Yeah, so, I, yeah, that's what I'm trying you know, to get to, I think, because I've never seen you. Where'd you first hear Sonny? Okay, that was the thing. Farrell, see, I was living at Trains. I knew Trains. Really? Yeah, so see, I was living at Trains. You're train. staying with him, huh? Yeah. And what happened was, I remember... Yeah, what year was that? 
that was, well, I met John at Copa City originally. First time I saw him, I was about 17, 18 years old. And they, two, three friends of, our, of us, we went down town to hear some jazz. It was about 57, 58, 57, I think. And I'm originally a reed player. See, I started That's on right. clarinet, flute, and alto. Huh. And at that time, I was still playing clarinet when I, when I met him. So first saw John, but what happened was, I went over to the circle in the end to hear Jerry Mulligan's band, and the two of my friends went to hear Miles. Uh, yeah. And then after that, Jerry Mulligan, I flew over to the Vanguard. Yeah, right. And I came in just on the tail end of the last set on the last number, <laughs> and that's when I first saw Train. Right. Oh, then okay. I officially then I met him at Copa City about two years later, I think. I was already into trumpet, playing trumpet then. What I see, what I ended up doing was, I always wanted to play trumpet because yeah. I was influenced by Louis Armstrong, oh, but I couldn't get a hold of an instrument. So what yeah. I did, I opt for what I get my hands on. My mother bought me the clarinet. Yeah, right. I know. And I, I went to clarinet, flute, and I was making sessions on alto sax. I wasn't, I was proficient on the instrument. Yeah. To get around it, but I still needed to know. Each and every scale, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and because the clarinet gave me the proficiency, right? To get through, but yeah. I had no each and every yeah, the dexterity, yeah, right, right. and you know, then I had to get into my changes. So I was making a few sessions on alto mm. developing, mm. but who I was hanging out with and whatnot, and kept pushing me and pushing me. So I went, I went in midstream and went to trumpet when I was 18, 19 years old, which was late. Yeah, that is relatively late. late. Yeah. So I looked at this and I said, damn, I'm not going to be out here playing until I'm about 27 or so. Yeah, I, yeah. So what I did was practice like a maniac. <laughs> yeah. And I practiced like a damn fool. I was living that train. I could practice anytime I want. Now, where, where was he living? He, had he was living, no, no, no. He was At this time, he was living in Queens on Mexico Street. You see, oh, and I live in Queens over in Springfield Gardens and he lived in over in St. Albans. Right. And Springfield Gardens and St. Albans not that far apart, you know, right. just by mm-hmm. And I met him by working in Bloomingdale's part time. Oh and right. I, and his and his wife's niece, Biddy, worked in Bloomingdale's. Yeah. And getting to know her, I would go by her house. And then one day Naima showed up. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she was Train's wife. And, you know, and she said, come on to the house. But I had, matter of fact, I did, I mean, I did meet her before, but I didn't remember. Because Jeff, one of the guys we hang, was hanging out with, mm-hmm. he took me by trains. And I met Neat then. And I, you know, I paid it no attention then, and I let it go. It was, I remember it was a snowy day, a snowy night, we went by there. Mm. And then later on, one spring, summer, I met her again, but I didn't remember. I just dawned back on me now. I didn't remember. And she told me to come on by the house, and I came by. And when I found out, well, there were other things involved. But when I found out she was his wife, <laughs> what you know, and, you know, backed off, you know, yeah, uh, you know, one of them things. And yeah, no, right. no, 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 intimate, you know. Yeah, you don't have to mess and that. she understood that, you know. So then. When he came off the road, I met him officially, because I had spoken to him before at Copa City, briefly. Right. But now I met him officially in his house with Eric Dolphy. Oh, all right. Wow. You know, so you know me, I'm young, 
2021. And, Looking young, and if, that, yeah, and if I was playing alto, Eric and and Marshall would have been really my influence. You know, yeah. those are two cats who I would have, you know, really yeah, influenced right. me. Yeah, right. It was like '61 or six. Yeah, '60-'61. Did you know Eric Dolphy very well? Who? Eric Dolphy? Did I know him? You know him very well. Yeah, I had. Well, after meeting him on train, yeah, right, I got to know right. him well. Yeah, yeah, I used to hang out with him a couple times. He would take me, you know, Clifford Jordan's house and whatnot, and hang out with him. Yeah. So. John, we get then eventually got close. So he was then trying to figure out whether I should show for the band or stay at the house with Neat and Tony. You know, with, with mm-hmm. his, his, that, that was Neat's daughter, not his daughter. Oh, okay. Neat's daughter. Right. Okay. Yeah. Neat didn't have no kids for him. All right. That's how Alice got into the picture. Right. Oh, I see. Uh, so Alice right. got into the picture. Yeah, right. See, there's a lot of things that came up in books that didn't, that was, you know, was out of it because there were people that came there to the house wanted to write a book and Neat told them to speak to me and ain't a damn one of them said a word to me. Huh. They, you know, because it came all down to you know, he's, he's insignificant. You know, he's a You're not a big name or I'm something. I'm not a big like name. Yeah. I'm a, you know, struggling trumpet player, you right, know, trying right. to you know, so they just passed me by and huh. still held conversations with her and went on and they, and she told him specifically, huh? You wanna know about John talk to him. You know, because, see, the thing is, she told me a lot of personal things. Right. He told me a lot of personal things. Yeah, sure. I spent time with him yeah. talking, you know, right. and a great deal more time with her Yeah. about him and a whole lot of other stories in the business. Yeah, right. So they blew. That's amazing, yeah. You know, they really they did. Yeah. You know, things, you know, stories about Miles and, and John leaving the band and, you know, all, you know. But, however... I was able to practice anytime I wanted to practice. At first, it was a little funny because when he came off, he de- he decided that I would stay there at the house because there was no man around. Mm. You know, yeah, there was no right. male person around. Right, somebody You know, to these watch. two females around. Sure. And when he went, when he was out of town, he was out of town on two, three months at, at length. Yeah, all right. Long he was times. gone. Yeah. He was on the road, booked. Time. Yeah, sure. So there had to be someone, you know, around there. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. Four hours, eight hours, yeah. six hours. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I was doing it. It, it yeah. was because I was trying to. I was trying to play catch up. Yeah. Make up for lost time. Yeah, yeah I was trying yeah. to play catch up. And when he came home, I wouldn't practice. <laughs> I was scared the first time. A little time, self-conscious. I, I was scared. Sure, so she called me that. in the kitchen and she said, "Look, you gonna either you gonna play that on or you gonna." Get out of here and do something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. And I said, well, you know, John is here. She said, hey, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. in a sense, she was saying to me, he knows where you're at. Yeah, you're yeah at right. This point. Right. So just go and practice. Yeah. And yeah. basically, I would practice when he was there. I would just yeah. go in the basement, maybe put the mutant on and practice yeah. the same Because I know you're taping this, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah right. sure. When he came home, he went straight upstairs and practiced all day night, all day long. See, he had something. He had, he's like, him and Sonny had something similar. Hmm. Where Sonny would rehearse you from 8 in the morning until 12 at midnight. Yeah, I've heard about that. Legendary. John would practice from 8 or 9 in the morning until it's time for him to go to the gig. And I'm not lying. Yeah. I saw it and I heard it. Yeah. I heard him practice things that 
left me baffled for a while until I used to sit out there on the back steps in the, in the backyard garden and he would be in the back bedroom practicing and I would sit and just listen to him. I say, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. Because he would stay up there and say, yeah. And he would do maybe for a whole half hour. He was doing two things. He was exercising fingers. He was exercising pitch of tone and running a line and thinking about what other lines would run into that. How I found out when I went to, because every time he would come in town, I would go to the first gig with him, his first gig, you know, performance and the last right. one. And I would hear the same lines connecting up. So when guys like, I hear like other guys say, they don't play the same thing over again. That's BS. Yeah, right. You do repeat the same thing sure. over again. Sure, you do. And you're going to have a variation on that thing, whether it's a two-bar repeat or one bar, you know, one bar phrase you run, you're going to repeat it somewhere else in the line. Right. And it's done. Yeah. You know, I've right. heard him do it from practicing, going up on the bandstand and doing it. Because yeah. I was there at the house where I could listen. And I was the only one at the house there. Yeah, yeah right, right. You know, That's so... That you know that part I understood, and when he brought how I met Sonny is John brought Pharaoh back from California. Mm-hmm. I came up because I, I would either sleep in a basement. Basically, that's where I slept in the basement. When he, when they separated, when he finally left me, and then I took one of the small I took the small room upstairs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I slept in the basement. And when I came up out the basement. I see this guy laying on the couch. I said, oh, hell, who the hell John bring you? <laughs> you know, because there were people would come around and hang around him. You know, and he was a nice guy like that. They would come and hang around. Yeah, right, right. And so I said, well, I guess I got to deal with this. Yeah, you know. sure. And it was Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> it was Farrell Sanders. <laughs> right. Right. So I don't need to go any further from there. We got to meet and talk, yeah, and you know, right. where I was and he was, and he was he was basically I felt ahead of the horn ahead of ahead of me on his horn than I was on mine. But I was I was on his ass coming up because I had to pra- I was practicing every day, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, you know. And the avant-garde thing was beginning to come more into prominence. Right. You know? Okay. And. You know, it was it was just beginning to develop because I remember I sat in with Hank Mulvey at Slugs one time and <laughs> I came out of the tune. We were doing a blues and I came out of a I came out of it like a bar early and I got very uptight, upset. Matter of fact, Junie Booth and Junie Booth and who else was Junie Booth was playing bass and the drummer was Jack DeJanette. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know if I don't know if they were sitting in the work and I was assuming I think they were sitting in, mm-hmm. you know, but I came up I came out of that and 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 Hank came over to me, you know, he liked my playing. You know. Which means I had to be playing in. I wasn't yeah, playing sure. out. Yeah, right, that's right. I mean <laughs> you yeah, know, I know. I, wasn't playing out. Yeah. I was playing with Hank Mobley. That's right. You know. So so yeah, uh, he said right. he said, Man, no. Oh, you sound good. You know. But however, the other thing was coming and being prevalent. So, Farrell had evidently hooked up with, 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 with Sonny before I did. Knew him before I did. And this was about a year later, I think. And he said, if you want to get in touch with me, call, you know, 
call this number, the Sunrise number. Hmm. And I said, okay, all right. Now, I don't know what, what was going through my mind in the sense of intuition, hmm. but I remember when I was younger and going down the village to hear music, I had walked past a club. I was still in high school at this time, walked past a club. And I saw his name with the band, not on, not on Mark, but advertised outside. And just something said to me, you're going to be playing with this man. And I looked at something, you know, and I just kept on walking. Now I was about 17, 16, 17, or 18. Somewhere between there. When Pharaoh gave me the number, I felt that when I called his number, I was going to get a gig. Mm. And I called the number looking for Pharaoh, and Pharaoh wasn't there. And Sonny, I spoke to Sonny. Really? Yeah. And Sonny said, this was 64. And Sonny said, you know, who are you? And blah, blah, blah. And I said, who? And he said, you know, what do you call? I said, trumpet. You know, and he said, come on down. <laughs> Not yeah. to do anything. Come on down. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Come on down. And I went down and... That's amazing. And that's where that's where I met. Yeah. Third right. Street. 